Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. There's been a noticeable rise in anti-trans rhetoric. Republican lawmakers have introduced more than 400 anti-trans bills in state legislatures around the country. Extremists are threatening trans people and spreading hate. And it's all having a very real effect on trans people living here in the Bay Area. And that's especially true for kids and families. What happens to trans people in our childhood and adolescence can really impact us for a lifetime. Even in California, the country's first sanctuary state for trans youth, mental health advocates are seeing the effects of this moral panic on their patients. Today, how this hate is affecting one trans therapist's work here in the Bay, and why more needs to be done to keep trans people safe. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From the beginning, when I did embark on this whole mental health journey, I really wanted to support my community. This is Veronica Esposito, a writer, transgender advocate, and associate marriage and family therapist in the Bay Area. I am located in Oakland, California, and right now I do my work as a clinician in Castro Valley. I work with a lot of different populations. I do specialize in supporting transgender children and their families, you know, folks who are kind of trying to figure out if they are trans and if they are, what the best course of action is. Welcome. 
What goes into doing your job and and being a therapist, specifically as it relates to working with trans folks? I think one of the big things that I like to say about trans people is we're just people too. We have a lot of the same problems that everyone else has. And, you know, even the problems that are specifically related to a trans context, you know, I've really found that, you know, most people can relate in ways. In terms of specifically transgender individuals, of course, you know, if people are pursuing medical care, there can be a lot around that, around helping folks get access. You know, it can also just a lot of times be like coping with minority stress, with the fact that we do live in a world that in many ways is quite biased against us and doesn't really understand or tolerate our existence. And, you know, providing people support around that and figuring out how to cope around that and, you know, really have access to the things that we all want in life and the things that make life worth living, which we should get to have. And oftentimes it can feel very challenging to get those things because, you know, we're perceived as different or other. Your piece uh, that you wrote for KQED, which is what we're talking with you about today, focuses on sort of the cultural context and how that trickles down to the folks that you are working with. And your piece starts with a lunch that you had during Pride in 2022. That day, the hate group known as the Proud Boys had harassed folks performing at a drag queen story hour right here in the Bay Area at the San Lorenzo Library. And you had lunch with a friend that afternoon. I'm wondering if you can just tell me about that lunch. Yeah. So, you know, I do like to spend a lot of time socializing. I'm a very extroverted person. I think of it as, you know, part of my self-care around coping with um, the pressures of being a therapist. So, I do often create lunch dates and things like that. And this was with a transgender friend of mine. I'd not heard of what had happened that day. And, you know, my my friend brought this to me. He was very shaken by it. I was I was very surprised at the time. It it seems a little naive now, considering everything that's happened in nearly a year since then. But, you know, at that point things like that in the Bay Area just weren't really on my radar. I was quite taken aback that my friend was so shaken. He's he's just not that kind of person. I don't picture him that way. And he was someone who, you know, had done his transition quite a while ago. Just not the kind of person you would really expect to have a lot of fears around something like this. So, you know, we, we did kind of process that the Bay Area was starting to feel quite different for transgender people and the impacts on our lives, just as trans people trying to have a life out here. I mean, yeah, that was June of 2022, and now it's March of 2023. And there have been, since then, more than 400 anti-trans bills introduced in state legislatures around the country. Is it fair to say that you've heard more of this fear and anxiety from your patients as a result? Absolutely. Just to kind of put in some context, you know, kind of going back to 2020, this stuff really wasn't on the radar. There had been that disastrous attempt at a bathroom bill 
in North Carolina in 2016, and the Trump administration had kind of taken some executive actions, but there really wasn't a whole lot you know, on this front. I don't think anybody, um, not anyone I know, was even thinking that there would be something like 400 bills specifically attacking us um, in, in a single legislative year. That's, that's just really unheard of. You know, there's very much a sense that we're just a community under siege. What is an example that comes to mind for you of how this sort of anti-trans legislation that we're seeing all around the country ends up impacting trans folks here in the Bay Area, where they are theoretically protected. So one of the folks who I interviewed for that KQED piece, she's in charge of getting kids who have really severe issues, you know, very severe suicidality, severe eating disorders. She, she connects those kids with inpatient resources. And a lot of times the best level of care that she can offer her clients is not in California. She will connect those folks with institutions in other states. And she basically told me, Utah has some of the best clinics and I cannot send my trans kids there anymore. They, they are not safe going to that state. A lot of the kids that either I work with or that other clinicians who I know work with. You know, th these are small children. These are people maybe nine, 10, 11 years old. They're, they're just kind of starting to consider their journey and begin doing things like changing their name or pronouns or having a different presentation. And a lot of these kids express suicidality and that's just so awful. You know, that's really a direct result of the hate and the threat level that permeates society. Parents who are supportive of their trans kids, they get marked. Parents will be accused of child abuse. We've seen actions in certain states to really criminalize that. I know that certain medical providers have stepped back, either just getting out of the care of working with trans minors altogether, or really reducing what they're willing to do. So. Yeah, you know, we, we've had this chilling effect, even though there hasn't been any significant legislation in the state so far. I can talk in terms of adults, that they just kind of have diminished expectations for what they can do in life, that folks just see a real contraction of what they think their life can be. And, you know, that, that just really hits very deeply at what makes us happy as people and what makes us feel independent and think that we can have a life worth living. California leaders have called the state a sanctuary state for trans people and gender-affirming care. Has that had an impact on your patients? I do know that, you know, there is kind of this concept of the government having our back or not having our back. and. I, I think, you know, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but my, my sense of things is that kind of for the average trans person, there's probably a lot of repair work that needs to go on, you know, in our relationship with the government. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I don't know that that's giving people that much solace right now. 
it's definitely better than having politicians actively make hate speech against us. Um, but, you know, that's that's kind of cold comfort, of course. What else do you think we could do here in California and the Bay Area to make sure that trans people and trans youth are safe? I'm just one person, so I, I don't want to speak on behalf of anyone else or definitely not the trans community. But I would love to see more visible support. It can feel very isolating to see all this stuff happening in the country around us and, you know, doom scrolling and reading all the news on your phone and everything. Um, you know, it can kind of just leave you questioning, okay, what what is real? Where Where are we really? And I think more visible signs of solidarity and support would would be really appreciated at this point. Um, I also think people should do their work to overcome their internal biases. There's a lot of great ways to do that. You know, there is a lot of transgender culture that's out there that you can interface with. And maybe last of all, just try not to make too many assumptions about us. Check your assumptions and let us tell you. Well, Veronica, how do you find hope in these times? How do you take care of yourself? I really try to connect with trans people and trans culture that makes me proud of who I am. You know, we we are fortunate that at this point we've built a lot of institutions and we've created a lot of things for ourselves. And there's a lot of stuff out there that makes me really proud. You know, going back to that lunch that we talked about at the beginning of the conversation, um, you know, ultimately, I think me and my friend, we felt good at the end of that conversation. You know, we had really supported each other and we felt glad about who we were. It's so easy right now to fixate on all the negative. And, and that's, that's for good reason, that this stuff really deserves our attention and that we vigorously push back against what's happening right now. I, I do want to say that even in spite of all of this, that people are really glad to be who they are. People are very much happier being out and pursuing their transitions, however that looks, even in spite of everything. Regret rates with the decision to come out and be yourself are extraordinarily low. And people really do experience transformative change in their lives once they make that decision. I myself am my best example. I cannot believe all the potential and all the possibility that was available to me once I started living authentically. Even though there's so much adversity and you know so many reasons that you know this can be a pretty hard existence. It's still the right choice for so many people, and people are so glad they do it and unlock so much potential. Well, Veronica, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and for sharing all of this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for the great questions. It's been a real pleasure. 
That was Veronica Esposito, a writer, transgender advocate, and associate marriage and family therapist specializing in supporting transgender clients based in the Bay Area. This 30-minute conversation with Veronica was pitched and edited by our intern, Jalen Herdman. I scored this episode. Our senior editor is Alan Montesilio. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.